Go ahead and uh, turn uh, in your Bible uh, to Proverbs chapter 26. Uh, I say turn because some of you uh, are still using, as I do, uh, old school Bible uh, that has uh, uh, front and back and pages in between. Uh, and some of you are uh, using a, a, a phone app or a computer app. That's fine too. Uh, it, it says the same stuff. Uh, so, uh, but turn in your copy of Scripture to Proverbs chapter 26. Uh, last week, we looked at um, uh, wise work, and we did that by examining the life of a sluggard. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at a wise walk, and we're going to be looking, uh, looking at wise walk uh, as we examine the life of a foolish person. A, a foolish person in the Hebrew and in uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, it is not foolish person. It is F-O-O-L, that word, F-O-O-L. L. And you'll hear me say that, but I, I just want you to know that I was raised to not say that word out loud, uh, F-O-O-L, uh, because that was bad, bad, bad. So I still have a hesitancy in saying F-O-O-L out loud, but somehow it's okay for me to say a foolish person. Uh, that just feels easier, right? Uh, so we're going to be looking at a foolish person, uh, and uh, we're going to look at that snapshot. But again, the goal is not merely to identify what a foolish person looks like, uh, but really to examine whether or not we are that person. So just go ahead and put your big boy pants on, and, and let's be ready, because it's it's vitally important. This, this passage was given to us so that we would evaluate whether or not we are a foolish person. It certainly tells us how to deal with a foolish person, uh, but more importantly, how to deal with ourselves if we're that foolish person. Okay? So uh, you might say, well, that's not me, so I can just shut it down. Everybody look this way. Everybody look this way. You are that person. I am that person. And I pray that the Spirit of God would pinpoint the places in my life and yours where we're embracing a fool's journey, hoping for fool's gold. Uh, while you're turning to Proverbs 26, I, uh, and you're probably already there, but I begin by talking about when I was a kid growing up, there were two TV shows that make me think of a foolish person. If Proverbs 26, 1 through 12 gives us a snapshot, uh, I, I, I think to myself, there are two characters in my childhood that remind me, uh, I think, well, that's a foolish person. Now, both of these individuals uh, come from television shows of my childhood, and some of you here may not know uh, what those shows are, but if you don't, um, you're going to be uh, so excited about the shows that you're going to Google them and watch them on YouTube. Okay, so the first person that reminds me of a foolish person uh, is a guy named Gilligan. Now, Gilligan was the first mate on the SS Minnow, and it left port for a three-hour cruise and ended up uh, uh, tragically, along with the uh, several people with Gilligan and the skipper, uh, there was Marianne. Uh, there was uh, Mr. Uh, Howell and his wife. There was the professor and Marianne. 
Uh, they were all on Gilligan's Isle. And, and it, the, the name of the show is Gilligan's Island, and it, it really does trace the journey of this young man named Gilligan. He, the character that he played was a guy named, uh, the actor who played the character is a guy named Bob Denver. And anyway, Gilligan, uh, he just had a knack for messing everything up. No matter how good his intentions, no matter how, uh, how he thought, I've got this, he invariably messed it up. Now, these are folks that were stuck on this desert isle somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. Who knows where they were? Uh, and they, for seven seasons, could not be rescued. Even when they had opportunities to be rescued, uh, they were still stuck on the desert isle. And I'm always amazed at how the professor, who is a brilliant man, had the ability to create electricity from coconuts, but couldn't fix a hole in the middle of the boat of the SS Minnow. I never could figure that out. Uh, but anyway, uh, Gilligan is the guy who uh, would always, always mess things up. Anytime they had a chance to be rescued, uh, Gilligan was the one who foiled the plans. He, he didn't mean to. He was just a foolish person and, and always making a mistake. So Gilligan is one of those guys. And, and when the lesson from Gilligan's Island is as long as you stay um, on that foolish journey, you will remain stranded on a desert isle. And, and that, that's something we're going to look at today. The second person uh, that uh, reminds me of a foolish person, I would come home from school and I would turn on my television. It was black and white. It had three stations. And you had to turn the antennas to get to those stations. And I would watch Gilligan's Island. Another show that I would watch is um, uh, 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 The Andy Griffith Show. And there was a guy on the Andy Griffith show. There were lots of them, but really the guy is Barney Fife, right? <laughs> Barney Fife. <laughs> Some fans. And uh, Barney Fife, again, if you don't know these guys, go home and Google it, watch a YouTube. They, it's great. Okay, it's great entertainment. And anyway, Barney Fife was the guy who always messed things up as well. And he would create calamity for himself. Uh, he would create calamity for uh, the, the little town of Mayberry. Uh, and part of it was because he was just a fumbling, foolish person. Uh, most of the time, though, it was because he bloviated a lot about how skilled he was, and he didn't have the skills to back up the skills he said he had. And, and so he would create all kinds of drama for himself. For uh, I, Did he ever marry... Uh, Cindy Lou or Mary Lou or Honeydew or whatever her name was. What was her name? Thelma Lou. Uh, who could have ever forgotten that? Uh, Cindy Lou is uh, the Grinch who stole Christmas. But uh, Thelma Lou, he never married Thelma Lou. He was just a, he was just a fumbling, foolish person. Uh, but he thought that he had all the answers and he would bluff his way through life, and it created all kinds of drama. And, and as we look at Gilligan and Barney Fife, uh, I think we begin to get a picture of what a foolish person is. But when we look at a foolish person in Scripture, it's not funny. It, it's, it's not comic. It's not for laughs. When we see the foolish person in Scripture, when we see ourselves in the foolish person in Scripture, it's dangerous. It's devastating. 
It's disastrous. We can laugh about Gilligan or Barney, but we should weep when we see the foolish person in us. So let's kind of look at Proverbs 26, and then we're going to see if we're going to get to a wise walk, we need to identify foolishness in us and then uh, have a plan. How do we get out of this foolishness? All right. So Proverbs 26, beginning in verse 1, as snow in summer, when was the last time it snowed here in the Hampton Roads area in July? Anybody know? Yeah, uh, maybe when the dinosaurs were happening, right? And, uh, but, but that is not expected. You don't expect snow in the summer, am I correct? Can we all agree that August will not bring snow showers in Hampton Roads, all right? Well, that's the way it was in the Middle East. And so when it says as snow in summer, it's saying this is an unexpected thing. This is something that cannot happen. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest time. Now, rain and harvest wasn't unheard of, but whenever it happened, if you were in an agrarian society, especially in the Middle East, when the rains came, they came with great force and power, and they ruined the crops that you were trying to harvest. The point that uh, Solomon is making here is that uh, where snow in the summer is unexpected and inappropriate, rain during the harvest is dangerous and devastating. So he says, as snow in the summer, as rain in the harvest, so is honor fitting for a fool. He's saying that honor is a jacket that does not belong on the shoulders of a foolish man or woman. Okay, verse 2, like a, a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause will not alight if the foolish person cusses somebody has no power because, again, he's a foolish person. Verse 3, a whip for the horse a bridle for the donkey, a rod for the back of a fool. Now, what's he saying there? Well, he's saying that a foolish person is so stubborn that the only way to even get his attention is a two-by-four across the back of the head. That's the point. Verse 4, verse four and 5, I'm not going to talk about it except right now. This is the only time I want to talk about it, but I want you to see what he's, it's, 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 underline them. They're a great, great help for us, or confusion, one or the other. So verse 4, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. So uh, the, the Solomon's saying, all right, if you come across a foolish person, don't answer them according to their folly. Don't, don't try to engage them. Don't try to correct them because you're going to end up just like them. You're going to be, and you see this on Twitter or Facebook, people getting in arguments on Facebook and Twitter about silly things or even important things. Uh, but uh, if someone acts foolishly, if you try to engage them, you're going to end up looking like a foolish person just as they are. Okay, so that's verse four. Now verse five. So verse four, do not answer. Verse five, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So verse five seems to say something totally different, right? Do y'all see that? Verse four says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. Verse five says, answer a fool according to his folly. So what, what's, the, what's the lesson there? Well, there are times when you should not engage a person who is seep, uh, steeped in foolish behavior and foolish thinking. They're so twisted that you're just not going to help them 
out of the path that they're on. And, it, and really, it can lead you to become foolish like they are. But there are times, verse 5, there are times when you must engage a person who is foolish. You must uh, offer them correction. Wisdom is knowing when to not answer a fool according to his folly or when to answer a fool according to his folly. Okay? So that's the lesson there. It's not universal because there are so many of us, foolish people that is, that one size does not fit all. All right, verse six. Uh, he who sends a message by the hand of a foolish person cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. So verse six says, hey, don't send a message by a foolish person. It's gonna be trouble for you, they're undependable, uh, don't, 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 even, don't even try it. Verse 7, like the legs of, a lame, of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. So he said, if you want to gain wisdom, don't go to a foolish person. Their, their words are powerless. They have no wisdom attached to them. Okay? Uh, 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 a person who is foolish can pass on Wisdom as quickly as a person who is lame can walk. That's the point, okay? So if you're going to someone who is foolish to give you counsel, most of us wouldn't go to Gilligan to figure out how to get off the island. What we're going to see is that oftentimes we are Gilligan trying to tell people how to get off their island. All right. Uh, verse 8, like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a foolish person. All right, binding a stone. Have y'all, when I was growing up, I had a flipper stock. Granddaddy called it a flipper stock. My granddaddy, uh, who's still living in East Tennessee, uh, we would go walking through the woods and he would find the right tree and he would cut uh, the Y, the, the, the fork of that particular tree. He would cut it out. And so you'd have the, the Y and then he would attach uh, uh, old inner tubes to each of the corners of that Y and he would have a little leather thing that he would attach to that and it becomes a what he called a flipper stock. It's a slingshot, okay? So the proverb here is saying, okay, if you want to uh, 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 send a rock flying, a slingshot may be the right uh, instrument. But you can't send a rock flying if you take that rock and you tie the rock to the little pouch. Uh, it has to be free. And, and the point here is you take the rock and you tie it to the sling. You can, throw that, you can throw that sling or shoot that sling as often as you want to, but the rock's not gonna leave the pouch because it's attached, okay? So uh, that's what happens when you give honor to a foolish person. It's, it, 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 it ends up hurting. Have you ever uh, used a slingshot and the rock came back on you? Try it sometime. Um, it, it, it hurts. Um, so verse 9, like a thorn that, gives, uh, that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Again, you don't go to a foolish person for counsel about how to live life. Why? Because they're like a drunk person with a thorn bush in their hands. And every time they give you counsel 
about how to do things. It's like slinging that thorn bush, and when they sling that thorn bush around you, you're going to get what? Yeah, cut up. You're going to get all beat up. That's, that's what happens when we go to a foolish person for counsel. Can you imagine being the father of children who is a foolish person giving counsel to your children that ends up being like a thorn bush that cuts and wounds them? Can you be, imagine being that mother or that father doing that? If you embrace foolishness, that's what you're doing. Just a thought, okay? So, verse, uh, 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 where am I? Uh, verse, nine, uh, verse 10, uh, the great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire his transgression, uh, and the transgressor his wages, verse 11, um, and underline verse 11. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool returns to his own folly. We're going to lean into that in a second. Verse 12, do you see a person who is wise in their own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. The, the, uh, the quintessential foolish person is one who is wise in his own eyes. Now, I don't need anybody else. I don't need God. I don't need... In fact, right in the margin of Proverbs 26, 12, you might write Proverbs chapter 14, verse, um, Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. In Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, uh, the, the scripture says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Uh, that's what 26.12 says. 26.12 says that the quintessential foolish man or woman is the person who believes that, uh, yeah, there is a God, but I don't have to follow him. And you would say, perhaps I'm here at church. I believe that there is a God. Yeah, but that's really not what Psalm 14 is talking about. And that's certainly not what Proverbs 26.12 is talking about. It's more than just believing that there is God. Are you bending your life in obedience to God? Are you living your life God's way. And by the way, that is the difference between a foolish person and a wise person. If you go back to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, and this, uh, the sage says, uh, um, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but the fool does not embrace it. The fool does not embrace the fear of the Lord. The fool doesn't walk in the fear of the Lord. The very definition of a foolish person is one who keeps God at a distance and doesn't adjust his life to fit what God says. And it's disastrous. So as we look at this passage, I, I want you to get the big idea, and, and, and we're almost done. We're almost finished. You're like, sure. Sure we are. All right? We, we really are. It, 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 the big idea is... Um, if we're going to have a wise walk, we need to abandon a foolish way of life. Okay? All right? Does that make sense? If we're going to have a wise walk, don't be Proverbs 26, 1 through 12. And none of us want to be Proverbs 26, 1 through 12. Um, we, we want to receive honor. We want to receive. Every person here wants to be honored. We're made that way. We want to live in such a way that invites honor from God and others. We want to live that way. But if we're foolish, we don't fit in honor's coat. That's why it's hard sometimes to give honor to somebody in a position that's acting like a fool. 
When you try to give honor to someone because they have a certain position, you try to give them honor, but they've been acting like a fool. It looks like a coat that does not fit, like snow in the summer and reindeer in harvest. We want to receive honor, but honor is not fitting for a foolish person. We want to give counsel that leads to life uh, with our family and our friends. We want to be that person that they can go to and they can count on to give them godly truths or wisdom that will lead them to the best path in life. But if I'm a foolish person, my, my wisdom is dangerous and ineffective. My wisdom is like twirling around a thorn bush in the face of my family and my friends. None of us want to be the guy that's known as the person who eats his own vomit. None of us want to be that person. And yet so many of us, that's exactly what we do each day. We return again and again to the folly, the twisted behavior, twisted way of thinking and feeling, and we treat that disgusting bile as a delicious Michelin meal. And we wonder why we feel a little sick to our stomach all the time. If we're going to have a wise walk, we need to abandon the life of a foolish person. So let's let's get down to the root of what does it make? uh, What makes me a foolish person? Can can I just talk about what makes you a fool? (laughs) What makes me a fool? Can I talk about that just for a second? You can't stop me. Uh, Have you ever wondered why preachers ask questions that they're not even going to let you answer? You know... that seems disingenuine, doesn't it? I, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to say something about a, 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 what, a, what, it, what it takes for me to be a foolish person. A foolish person is wise in his own eyes, thinks he has all the answers, and has pieces of his life that he has blocked off from God's intrusion. Now, I'm talking about followers of Jesus here. Now, you and I, we've been rescued by God's grace through faith in Jesus. Now, we have been changed and transformed from the inside out. We have been rescued from Gilligan's Island. But we keep going back and playing the fool. Whenever we decide that we know better than God knows, whenever we determine that I don't have to get God's approval to live life the way I want to live it, then we're playing the fool. Whenever whenever we live our life like the Invictus poem, which I've read before or quoted before, two lines from it, um, I, I am the master of my own fate. I am the captain of my own soul. That's the Invictus poem, comes from the Invictus poem. If you think that's a good thing, then you are living a fool's life. Master of my own fate, captain of my own soul. That is a fool's song. 
Or the song itself that was sung several decades ago, made popular by um, uh, Old Blue Eyes himself or uh, Swinging Hips himself. Uh, I did it my way, as if that were a good thing. If you hold I did it my way up, if you hold that up as, as uh, the way of life for you, then make no mistake, you are on a fool's journey. Or if you say, well, I just believe I ought to follow my heart. No, you shouldn't. It is a fool's journey. The foolish person is the person who believes that they are the God of their own life. You might not say it that way, but if there are any portions of your life where God is not the sovereign controller and dictator of your emotions, your ambitions, your desires, your pursuits, your relationships, if if you don't care what God's word says about things like that or what God's will is in, 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 in those areas, then make no mistake, you're walking a fool's journey. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous for you and it's dangerous for others. As a follower of Jesus, we've been given a new way of life. And that way of life is to walk in concert with the will and the word of God. That's what it means to live in the fear of the Lord. That's what it means to have a wise walk. Don't be Gilligan any longer. By the way, verse 11, can we just lean into that for a second? Verse 11, like a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool returns to his own folly. Folly there is a picture of sin. I don't know what your vomit is, but I know that uh, what identifies vomit is anything and everything in my life that is contrary to the will of God, anything and everything in my behavior that is contrary to the will of God, anything and everything in my relationships that is contrary to the will of God, anything and everything that in, in, my, in my job that I'm pursuing, uh, in my mind that I'm thinking, anything and everything that is contrary to the will of God, revealed in the Word of God, made alive in us by the Spirit of God, anything that, that is contrary to the fear of the Lord, that's the vomit. What is your vomit? What is the sin or the folly that you keep returning to? You might say, oh, I don't have anything. Come on. Let's just take a moment. And you don't have to be honest with me. You can fool me all day long, and many of you do, and that's okay. Let's just take a moment and allow the Spirit of God to speak. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. See, I want to walk wisely, don't you? I want to receive honor. I want it to fit like a garment on my soul. I I want to give good counsel. I don't want to be so stubborn that I have to have a two-by-four across the back of my head to walk a right path. I want to to give counsel to my friends and my family that is truly wise and that leads them. It becomes like a tree of life to them. I I want to, I I don't want to keep on going back to the dog vomit. I, I want to live 
wisely. I don't want to I don't want to be a foolish man or a foolish woman. So how do we abandon foolish living? Well, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time... Because the days are evil. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The very definition of wisdom and the very thing that Jesus came and rescued us to. You know, he rescued us from sin, but he rescued us to a life in concert with the will of God. He rescued us from sin's penalty and brought us into God's family so that we might live in concert with God's will, so that we might walk the path that is a paradise, a path that in Isaiah is called a highway of holiness that fools don't walk. We, as followers of Jesus, can walk that path because God has rescued us from the separation, the despair of our distance between him and us as sinners. He's brought us into his family. He's filled us with his spirit so that we can live in intimacy with him and be empowered to live a wise life and abandon a foolish walk. So what do we need to do here now as followers of Jesus? How can I stop being a fool? Well, before we get to anything, let's go ahead and acknowledge that we need to be circumspect. If we're going to be wise instead of foolish, we need to walk circumspectly. That picture of circumspect is is really, I need to allow the Spirit of God with great precision to identify places in my life that are not in concert with God's will. Can I just stop you all for a second? Whatever's going on in your head and your heart, just, just stop. Would you be courageous enough this morning to ask God by his spirit, according to the word that, you have reve- that he has revealed to you in his word, would you be courageous enough to say, God, I pour out all my life, all my relationships, all my activities, all my ambitions, all my dreams, all my desires, and I lay them on the table before you. Will you show me the vomit? Will you show me those places, those areas where I've uh, kept you at arm's length? Will you show me those relationships where uh, you don't have a say? Will you show me those emotions that I've held close to myself and I've, 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 I've held them tightly, but, but, but they're not honoring to you? Will you, will you show me the, the, the conduct, the behavior that, that I'm doing that is inconsistent with your will? Will you show me the vomit? Uh, That's what walking circumspectly means. It means redeeming this time right here, right now. We know that things are evil around us, but do we see what's evil so close to us? We identify the vomit. Once we have the courage, and by the way, you're not going to walk as a wise person. You're not going to abandon a foolish way of life without allowing the Spirit of God to do that heart surgery on you, on me. 
And as he does that heart surgery, then there are some commitments that we need to make. We need to walk circumspectly. And as we walk circumspectly, laying our life on the table, then we say, oh God, I'm going to follow the right leader. See, a foolish person follows the wrong leader. He follows himself. Verse 12 of of Proverbs 26 tells us that that, uh, the person who is wise in his own eyes, there's more hope for a foolish person than than he. We believe that we've got all the answers. We believe that our emotions are our guide, that our desires are our God. We're following the wrong leader. That's the epitome of a foolish person. And can I tell you, can, if we were honest, we would all have to say, that's me in different places in my life. Different things, the way I respond, the way I act, the way I behave, the way I relate, that, that's me at times. So as we lay our lives on the table in the Spirit of God and pinpoints the vomit in our lives, will we make the commitment to follow the right leader, to walk in the fear of the Lord, to follow the right w- leader, to understand what the will of God is and to follow it, to pursue it. Guys, listen, Jesus has saved us so that we might live a life of honor and pleasure for him. Anything less is dissatisfactory. So let's set aside foolish behavior and let's embrace Jesus as the leader of our lives. We need to follow the right leader. Foolish people have the wrong leader. Wise people have the right leader. We follow the will of God. No matter the change that it has has to bring about in us or in our relationships or in our attitude or in our conduct or in our work or at our school, we change direction. If we're going to follow the right leader, then we've got to change the direction we're on. To change direction is a fancy way or a right now way of saying repent. Can, can I humbly suggest, and this is me and my own personal experience as well as the Word of God that we've looked at today, the only hope for me when I'm a fool is repentance. It's the only hope. The only hope for any person, especially a follower of Jesus, the only hope for any person to abandon a foolish way of life is repentance. Repentance is more than just feeling bad about the consequences of the decisions we've made. Repentance is more than just feeling bad about the, uh, the words we've said. Repentance is a change of direction. It's where I say, I am no longer returning to my vomit but rather I am focused fully on the person of Jesus Christ. So today I would just encourage us, get off the desert aisle. Stop playing Gilligan. And let's have a wise way of life. Would you bow your heads with me, please?
You might say, you know, Eric, what you've talked about is going to really cost me something. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be difficult. I don't know if I, if I can do what, what, what God is convicting me to do right now. I just don't know if I can do that. And, and I understand. I really do. I can't tell you how many times I've stayed on the cycle of crazy and lived in the, in the, uh, on the merry-go-round of folly and, and, and returning over and again to uh, that vomit. It's hard. It is. It's challenging. But can I tell you that Jesus is with you? As followers of Christ, make no mistake, here and now, he not only uh, has rescued you from sin's embrace, and the penalty of sin through his death on the cross. But now he lives to empower you to fulfill the commitment to a wise walk, to uh, fulfill the commitment to follow the right leader like Daniel uh, in, in, in the lion's den, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they stood face to face with the most powerful man in the world. His name was Nebuchadnezzar, and, 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 and they refused to bow to an idol that Nebuchadnezzar had made. And Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, listen, if you don't bow to this idol, I'm going to throw you in the burning fiery furnace. And God, in his great grace, provided for them the very presence of Jesus to empower and strengthen them. In the face of that commitment, they said, you do whatever you want to, king, but we're not going to bow before that idol. And he threw them in the burning fiery furnace, and the fire was hot, and it was, it was overwhelming. But as Nebuchadnezzar looked into the burning fiery furnace, he didn't see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walking alone. Rather, he saw a fourth man, one who was as if he were the son of man, Jesus Christ the King, walking with him. Today, make no mistake, as you make a commitment here and now, and say, I'm going to follow my Jesus. I'm going to change my direction. Even though it may feel like a fire through which you have to pass, Jesus will hold your hand the entire way. Trust him to give you the life, the comfort, the strength, the power, the grace you need to get off the crazy train and live for God's glory.